When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm elated, Josh. The final pod of the 21-22 season. I feel like we've got to figure out what the story is here. Yeah. I feel I feel elated and exhausted at the same yeah. time. At the end of the season, uh, you know, we met up with some friends at the Black Horse in Brooklyn for the final day. You had said this is one of the rare like game week 38s where we're more excited for the actual matches than we are yeah. for the FPL implications. Once Did a you decade, feel that? Yeah, well, yeah, once a decade, it's an acceptable thing. You know, it's a yeah. I, I I'm almost always much more concerned. Well, I mean, and honestly, in most years, it's there just isn't a lot of. I mean, even the relegation battle, which in theory you'd think would be much more wide open, but I feel yeah. like in almost every year it's it's settled, you know, before yeah. the uh, before Game Week 38 kicks off. So, yeah, it was all in play. Um, our bar, you know, it's kind of funny because I thought um, I, I thought they would they would have the leads in Burnley matches on a couple of the screens there. And um, in, in the end, they ultimately made the right call because um, those games were like it was just dramatic. Like it was yeah. so much more dramatic than I think any of us expected it to be. I think, you know, I thought that Villa could score. I thought there was at least a chance they could, they could, you know, hold the line. Uh, but then, you know, you see that Emmy Martinez uh, is, has been rested for whatever, yeah. for like his upcoming vacation. I don't know what he's being rested for exactly. Is there like, there's like a Copa America this summer or anything. I don't know. I don't know what he, you know, but anyway, so Martinez is rested, obviously a full strength Man City squad. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be like mm-hmm. four nil. And then, then Olsen has a, a great game until mm-hmm. that second goal. The second goal, I think, was the one getting beat at the near post. That's yeah. that's not always a great a great moment, but yeah, just a really, a really fun day. Um, you know, fantasy wise, I think for both of us, we ended up kind of closing nicely. I, you know, I think the, the highlight maybe for me was actually my, my highlight for the oh, yeah. day, I think was <laughs> when Martin Odegaard scored for your team, because the story of the last 10 weeks is you just holding on with uh-huh. Martin Odegaard in the face of blank <laughs> after blank, you know, uh-huh. and he fi- finally comes through with a goal. I was right, Josh. Let the record show. <laughs> I was right. Even however many weeks it took. Uh, yeah. And there's no arguing with it no, at all. There, no one, if, if someone <laughs> talked about a broken clock being right, you know, yeah, twice right. a day or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I, I think my game week 38 is a great reflection of the season where I took a minus four to bring in two players, Kuliszewski and Ivan Tony. One of them was a brilliant pick, and the other one was just an utterly bad pick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, there, there it is. It's sort of like it's always two sides of the coin this season, it seemed. Yeah, and I mean, you know, honestly, getting 50% of your transfers right is probably um, like about a, as good a hit rate as you can hope for. You know, I feel like uh, that's, you know, uh, in the seasons where you crack the top 10K, it's just you get above that. 50% barrier, right? Yeah. You, like it's something like, you know, we're talking about this, this guy, Pat Riley, who won our, um, 
you know, the co-owner of the Miami Heat, Brandon, he, mm-hmm. he, Pat Riley, uh, not the same, uh, not the same person who won um, our Patreon league. And he brought in Callan Wilson this week, right? All of us right. jumps going for Ivan Tony and he brings in Callan Wilson. And, and when yeah. you have a great season, you just, you just get those things right a little more, a little bit luck, a little bit, you start, you pay more attention. I think when you're doing extremely well, it kind of focuses you a little bit. And I think that's why, you know, you have these, the seasons where, you know, a lot of the managers who win, it's like, you know, 642,000 overall, 597,000 overall one, you know, and then, and then the next year be like 347, you know, it's like this sort of, it's just like one year where everything kind of goes right, right off the bat. And, and it's sort of that you're just like you're drilled in, right? Yeah. Because like at that point you're like, yeah, I'm I'm listening to 27 podcasts. I'm like subscribing to every every website. Like I'm going to be all in on this season. And then there's other years, and I think it's kind of happened to you a little bit this year, which is that you know you hit game week 16 or whatever, and you're at 282,000. You're like, well, like I'm throwing out like 90 percent of my goals right now, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like it's you have to like set new ones for yourself, but that's just not as yeah. you know as as exciting. So I feel like that's sort of um, yeah. I mean, how do you ultimately feel about about the season? I mean, I know that you were just talking before about sort of being mm-hmm. ready to move on to next year, and I, I kind of feel the same way, to be honest. Well, I I've I feel like I've already made my peace with the season in a way. I feel like it was the hardest FPL season that I've played yeah. in uh, in a decade. One of those seasons where the variance, the luck, whatever it was, I feel like I got none of it on top of making a few bad calls. I think we can, we can uh, drill in on a couple of specific things that maybe I want to do differently next season. Yeah. I don't know. I coming into the season, my goal was to be more, um, proactive. Uh, I felt like last season coming out of it, I was passive. I left, I let FPL happen to me Mm -hmm. as opposed to the other way around. And I'm not sure I really changed uh, much this season. And the season was just so chaotic with the COVID stuff in the middle. It was not a, an ideal season for certain managers to like change their stripes. It wasn't a good season for you to say, this is my new philosophy of FPL because, you know, we were constantly putting out fires. We talked about this with the, the free hit, the free free hit chip that came in halfway through that was meant to help managers who were, who were drowning. Right. And uh, I think that speaks to how chaotic the season was. So it's, I think there'll be a lot of uh, people thinking, you know, what the takeaways are this season, but maybe, maybe there aren't because it was just so chaotic. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's exactly, I mean, I was thinking about that when you're talking about, yeah, like why change your strategy for, or like, you know, like change your, your whole mindset for this kind of COVID scarred season, weirdly more so than last year, right? Yeah. It was still bizarre. Like that the year with no fans in the stands was the one that was less impacted by, by COVID. I mean, it's a stretch of time in December where I was like, I can't believe anyone's even listening to this podcast anymore. You know, because it was yeah. just like, you know, we'd, we'd record and then the next day, three more matches would get canceled, you know, and then uh, the morning of, the, you know, two more matches would get postponed. Yeah, I should say postponed instead of canceled. You know, and it was just like it was just a lot of chaos. And I think um, it kind of broke my brain a little bit, too. Uh, we've talked about it a fair amount of the podcast. And that's, I don't, I don't want to be um, I think there was just a moment where it. It got in my head as a manager, all the the, the craziness that was happening. And uh, I think it got in our heads a little bit from a podcast perspective because it was just really hard to record 
episodes because there was just so much chaos and Mm -hmm. you know and we try to like we i mean we're we're not the most structured pod to begin with we like to keep it loose but you know unfortunately i mean what we like to do is we like to it's like a it's like a vibe you know (laughs) like when when like when when we're enjoying ourselves and the podcast is good it's just you know it should be like a fun supplement to to fantasy Mm -hmm. like you right it's just like it's like monday mornings and Here's always cheating. It sort of sets you on the path for the rest of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, and we're sort of like talking big picture, having fun. And then on Fridays, you can, you know, um, deep dive into some, you know, like like hardcore stats and analysis. And that's just not our, our lane, you know, mm-hmm. um, never never has been. Um, and so, you know, but I think at some point it just became hard to do any of that because the vibe was bad. You know, Brian, we needed a, we needed a vibe shift. You know, the mm-hmm. vibe shift didn't happen until until like April, and then there was some moment where I don't really know. I guess we just we either got used to it or we saw the end inside or whatever. But I feel like you know, for people who've been listening to the pod for a long time, I feel like our tone has gotten a lot better the last four or five weeks. And I feel like mm-hmm. there was a a moment where we just sort of were like, all right, let's just be positive again because that's mm-hmm. what we have always been about right make fantasy fun again is like mm-hmm. the whole point of it is like this should be fun <laughs> and yeah. if i'm coming out here complaining people are right to be annoyed by that right because yeah. it's just not like it's not important and you know we you invest you invest in it of course you know i think roger angel this great um this the great new yorker writer who passed away at 101 um this week it was you know really interesting you know just a great life he's a sort of famous literate smart sportsman you know mm-hmm. wrote about wrote about you know every every year he wrote an article um i think it was um i think yeah it was like a world series article it was you know talk of the town piece in the yorker and mm-hmm. uh but anyway he you know but he's sort of famous as this as, as a sports fan and just and just as like a kind of lover of sports and he was saying that you know the whole it's like it's obviously patently ridiculous to to be rooting professional sports to be in this world at all it's just like you like the whole thing is a contrivance you know mm-hmm. uh but it's you just care, you know, and like it's just like it's fun to care about stuff because especially as you get older, it's just harder to find things that you really care about, you know. And so I think that's when the fantasy stuff, it's like I have chosen to care about it. Right. And it, yeah. to the point where we've, we've, you know, started this this long running podcast about it. And it's like, you know, and, and the, you know, so I, I do care. And so it's hard to just like have this moment where you're just super frustrated by the game and the covid stuff and and and, you know, just like feeling like the game maybe isn't quite like adapting as well right. as I think it could have to some of this stuff and, you know, and, and just like turn off that like caring switch. Right. And yeah. just be like, ah, eh, you know, like who cares? It's all just a game. It doesn't sure. matter. You know? And so, and so if, if I care and my feeling is like, this sucks, you yeah. know, then that's just like how I want to come out and talk about the podcast. That's just yeah. where my head is, you know, and that's just not good or fun, you know? And so, yeah, we had to get away from that. So we came into game week 38, uh, this weekend, what did you care about? What were your goals coming into game week 38? Yeah. You took a swing bringing yep. in Sadio Mane along yep. with Ivan Tony. Yep. How Almost do you feel worked. like how yeah. do you feel like that went? Well, I mean, I think it went great. I think it was a, it was a good swing, right? I mean, especially when it became very clear that Salah wasn't going to start, you know. Um, I thought there was a great chance that that Mane could score. I basically gambled. I gambled that um, there was a chance that Sun could blank. And that's uh, that that and that money. I mean, you and I talked about it um, this morning. I, we had a, mm-hmm. a birthday party that went so late that you just stayed over last night. So we, I, I actually came and woke you up and immediately started talking fantasy to you. I was mm-hmm. like, "You got to get up. We got to yeah. go. Here are my here are my <laughs> plan transfers." Yep. Um, and uh, we so we were talking about. Um, 
you know, just like who could score the most. And I was like, well, you know, Mason Mount was a player I was considering. And I was just like, well, Chelsea don't have anything to play for, you know? And it's just like in a game, a game where there's nothing to play for, it's just going to be really unpredictable. Like what they're, you know, obviously mm-hmm. they were playing Watford at home. They're probably going to win that match as, as they ultimately did barely. Uh, you know, but it was just like, yeah, like, I don't know, you know, how much are they really going to like throw everything on the line in a game like this? Whereas, you know, I mean that, that pass from Tiago for, for Sadio Mane's goal was, a championship caliber pass, right? Like if they had won the league, mm-hmm. that pass would be like one of the things that like was on a highlight reel forever, right? Because it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ball, and uh, and he almost scored twice. You know, he was he was he was clearly offside, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know that at the time. And so when he scores twice, I'm like, <laughs> he's got a brace and Sun's blanking. This is beautiful, and yeah. that's you know, so Sun ultimately. Uh, does get to um, doesn't get any bonus, so at least that kind of gets a yellow card. So that does kind of um, ultimately. Uh, Madi was on nine, Son was on twelve. It really didn't make as much of a difference as I was worried uh, it might. I mean, the Tony thing was just I actually needed the money to fund the Mane move, and he mm-hmm. felt like the move that made the most sense. I actually think Kelvin Wilson might have been too expensive, so I, you okay. know I don't, I'm not going to do the retroactive game. But you know, for me, it was like talk about like adjusting your expectations, right? Like I. I won our mini league last year, right? And so, like, for me, it was like I better been in sixth place, like, the entire season. And so my new goal going to game week 38 was I just want to try to get to fourth. Mm-hmm. I think fourth in a mini league is, like, your money back, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I just, like, I just, like, just get me to fourth and I'll feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I've won something this year. And so that was kind of my goal. It's like, what can get me to fourth? Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't do it in the end, but at least, you know, but just having that like sweat was kind of what I, what I wanted today. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it was fun. I mean, you know, if, if Son hadn't scored the brace, then, um, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I, if I hadn't woken up that, you know, it's like, <laughs> he did score the brace that that's, that's a thing that happened. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I, you know, that was sort of what I was going for I me. Mean, what was your, did you have anything that you, today you were just like, you just want to have a good a good final game week. Like, yeah, you know. I didn't have any goals for game week thirty eight per se. Nothing I could have achieved. So my yeah. goals with my transfers were just like let's just make some good picks. Let's make some yep. picks that are going to score yep. some points. Yep. And I, it, I I thought about that Mason Mount pick. I thought about Chelsea and agreed ultimately with your point of view where this just seems like a wholly unpredictable result. The one thing I felt very confident about going into the weekend was Spurs were going to rain goals upon Norwich. And I I, I said 5-0. I think this is a 5-0 result. And that seemed to – and that, that actually came to pass. Yeah. So that was satisfying. Uh, we need our production so team, team to check the tape on that one, Brandon. We'll go back and uh, – <laughs> Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll, listen, we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, and – yeah, Tony, Tony is just as, you know, I, I mentioned my my disappointment there. But the Kuliszewski pick, it's just one of those where uh, um, you're just wondering, can I afford this guy next season? We were talking yeah. uh, we were talking with our pals at the Black Horse. Like, look at all these players who have performed in the second half of the season from yeah. Son and Kuliszewski to yeah. somebody like Luis Diaz. Will we be able to afford them? Will our dreams come true yeah. Uh, at the start of next season. I, I, yeah. it, it was remarkable watching game week 38 unfold, whereas cast your mind back to game week one, where it was Mo Salah and Bruno Fernandez just torching the FPL site. And they yeah. were the farthest players from our minds coming into 38. It had become yeah. the sun show. I mean, I don't even know who else was even close to the degree of fantasy spotlight of Sun coming into 38. So that that yeah. to me is uh, a, 
or another illustrative thing about how far we've come from game week one to game week 38, how much just like our attention has changed uh, for these players. It really is interesting, right? I mean, I had um, Ronaldo for such a time this year. I had I had Lukaku for several weeks this year, um, and as, as did many people out there. I mean, there's, you know, um, Luke Shaw. That's that's the one. Like, <laughs> Luke Shaw is the one next year where I you, – you and I were talking about this, and we were talking about um, Fabio Borges, who is, um, you know um, – he was like this name that we it used to be like a joke. I mean, because it was like we would, you would, you know, he's been in our in the uh, Super League for I, I think since our first season, and yeah. you know, his name just kept popping up again. And we're like, who is this guy? And now he's uh-huh. sort of this like world famous, you know, widely considered the greatest yeah. FPL player of all time. You know, it just mm-hmm. you know, fantastic. And uh, he had this interview um, that you were recounting. I, I think it was in the uh, fantasy football scout, if I recall, uh, whatever it was. And um, but he was talking about um, uh, EO and just how he does not pay any attention to it. And that that to me is is the the shift I want to make next year. The vibe shift is I am ignoring EO comprehensively. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't make the game fun for me. And I don't think it helps me. I don't think it helps my process. Like I am, you know, um, it's not that I don't want data. I want plenty of data. I'm not, a, even though I'm not a, like a data person, I am very good at interpreting analysis, right? So people look at data and they provide analysis. I am very good at processing that. Right. And mm-hmm. like understanding what they're explaining to me, <laughs> you know, and which is like, which is like plenty. And like, I don't need the other layer of like, of the ownership stuff because to me it doesn't um i'm not convinced that like the crowd is is right a lot of the time on this stuff right and you know and i, I don't know and so i i just feel like it's like sort of it's and also i just like i just do not want to go into another season where like of course the stuff's going to peak out it's gonna be hard to like completely avoid but to go into another season where i don't celebrate goals from certain players because their ownership is so high, it's functionally irrelevant. Mm-hmm. That is just not fun. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like, oh yeah, great. Like, you know, uh, I mean, I felt that way a lot, especially through the season. Like, oh great, Mo Salah scored. Well, like, who cares? You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And like your rank doesn't even move. And that's just not, um, that's, that, that is just not a, a feeling like, you know, I mean, I don't really check my live rank cause I'm superstitious about that stuff. Cause I don't want to like see clean sheets, you know, banked or anything like that. Yep. Um, but you know, um, either way, I, I just feel like I don't want to, um, I just don't want to be involved in, in that kind of, um, like that, that part of the kind of data revolution of fantasy. Cause I think that is, you know, um, if I can pivot here and I want to read off the winners of the super league in a second, Brandon, but just because I'm bringing it up now, I think I'll just, I'm just going to lean into it here because this is our, yeah. our shaggy final episode of the season but i think the story of this season is is the data revolution it feels like this is and maybe i'll change next year but it feels like this is the year when all of the people who are serious about math like just won everything you know (laughs) like it just they were like all of the kind of math forward fantasy players this year were in the top 10k right and and many in the top 2k and, 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 and higher up. And it was just, you know, and like, of, of course I, I guarantee that, you know, like someone's sitting here right now and they're in the top hundred listening to this podcast. I'm like, I don't look at math at all. I'm sure I'm, there are obviously exceptions to that. They can't even do um, math. They can't even do math. math. They can't, Actively they can't even, bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actively bad at math. But in general, I would say that these sort of popular accounts that take a very math forward, like, like Sertel, the really 
yeah. fantastic gentleman that we had on our podcast. And this, and this Ryan McCullum, you know, he's a, he's a gentleman. He's very, he's very genuinely agreed. Nice, nice man. Uh, when he came on the podcast and, um, uh, why did I bring this up? Oh, well, just so that he was, you know, so he, is, he had a terrific season, an absolutely fantastic season. And I think things spun too far. I, I honestly think that a lot of the, like, frustration about this stuff um, that I felt like really bubbled up this year was just jealousy, right? It's like, it's all fine. Like, people can do whatever they want. But when they're, when they're like, suddenly doing better than everybody else, I think people just got, like, a little jealous, you know? Uh-huh. And then, and maybe a little panicked. So there's a moment where I was like, well, is this, you know, is this just, like, what the future of the game is forever? It's certainly become a lot more prevalent. I mean, when you and I started, do you remember there being a lot of data i mean it wasn't like data was like you know foreign to to the fantasy game but it feels like it's gotten much much more prevalent right right the predictive data when we started doing fpl the data was just a um a listing of you know past results like here are the goals here are the touches that players had in these game weeks it's like thank you fantasy football scout for for pulling that opta data for us. But now, yeah, yeah, the revolution that you're talking about is let's take that data and use it to run formulas to predict as best we can what's going to happen. Yeah. And it, 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 there's a, there's a meeting point where you've got a lot of people who play fantasy and their large frustration is the herd mentality. Oh, right. what? There's nothing fun about fantasy when everyone is doing the same yeah. thing. I want to do something different. And the statistical models effective as they may be just aren't for everyone because it's just, it's just hurting everyone toward a similar decision. Now I think if Sir Talb were here, he'd make a, a a very logical argument of like, no, that's not actually what statistical models do. They sort of help give you the menu of choice and then you have the freedom of that choice but that is that's like how people might be wary of that's of that data revolution so it's i mean i'm not scared of it i think it's like obviously natural it's it's something that's a part of most american fantasy sports i mean baseball has just been you know uh, mired in in this or yeah uh, not not to make it sound bad for for forever so it was always going to happen now it's going to be interesting to see how data uh like just sort of like evolves within the fantasy game. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. I, I think we can sort of like prognosticate about what changes might happen to the FPL game. And will I could see an FPL site integrate some data, well, that's uh, some statistical exactly, models into the site, which would be cool. Yes. That's exactly what I was about to say. I feel like there's, there's an opportunity there. And, you know, you talked about American sports and the, I mean, the big difference is that uh, in American sports, Everybody loves the data, uh, a, a because it's available, uh, and you know for everybody. I mean, basically, like there, there are player projections, point points projections for every single NFL player that you can own, right? Just right there on ESPN, just for in their free game, right? <laughs> you just see, you know, and not only the player projections, it's like every player is ranked by a series of experts, you know, like one like running backs, one to. 47 right or whatever you know they're mm-hmm. all they're all ranked by you know by by 10 people and you can sort them every different way you want right and they're sort of you know and i guess the difference is that you um compete against um no one can own the same player right and so you're all sort of like competing against each other and i think that you know you're not in, this idea that you know the fantasy as fpl as golf i think is the trickier part right because it, you, you like you said i mean it's it's one thing if you know 
you can't have everybody sort of get put in the same position uh, in something like NFL fantasy because you can only only one person can own one of those players, right? And so, mm-hmm. like the second, the, you know, great, this guy's projected to do, to go top. Somebody picks him with the waiver wire. Well, that's it. You know, like who's mm-hmm. who's next on the list? And you know, so it's, it's, it's very different in that way. But I think. I think you're right. I think just democratizing that data would really be helpful if you just had player projections. And like honestly, like the stuff they have just isn't very helpful, right? I mean, you and I have joked before about some of the the stuff that like the ICT index or whatever. Like no one, <laughs> no one's using that stuff. You know, it's like yeah, a, you, like a you don't know what it is, and right. b it's you know it, it can't even put anything into context. It's not useful. It's not no. helpful. No. The fixture ticker on the FPL site is is just like basic. It's the compared most to basic what else stuff. is on there. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like the in the in the in the live ranks. I mean, obviously, you know, you and I were. Talking this, I mean, this is not, and again, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like, I, I, I want this stuff to, to, I want it to evolve. You know, yeah, I just want, right. I want, I want the evolution to, to keep happening. And, um, you know, I just, it just feels like there is like, um, if you just give people more of this information, I think we don't have to have this kind of split. Um, you know, by the way, the, everybody has the same team complaints are not mm-hmm. new. Right. I mean, we have been talking about that or or we've heard those complaints since we started doing the podcast. Right. Go back seven years that this has been a complaint that everybody has all the time. And so it's not it's not unique to the new data, you know, revolution. Was it our friend Honcho Phil at the Black Horse who was saying he was trying to explain the FPL site to a fellow uh, sports fan who wasn't familiar with FPL? And he's like, okay, so there's a site fantasy.premierleague.com you pick your team there but then there are price changes in order to figure out what the price changes are going to be you have to go to a different site right. but then to figure out your live rank you've got to go to this site and to figure yeah. out this you got and uh and he was like his friend's eyes just glazed over after like 30 <laughs> seconds it's like it's like how how do you play this fantasy game uh, it's insane yeah and maybe it's like one of those things where it's like because it's very complicated that like it, it, it people fall in love with it in its own weird way, right? Yeah. It's like you know, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, the, the like it's like even the way I talk about it, it feels more personal to me, right? Oh you know? yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think I always uh, people can talk about the fantasy site like nine million managers, like it's a big number of managers. I don't think it's big at all, considering the Premier League is the biggest sports league, yeah. you know, yeah. on the planet. Yeah, it should be nine billion, honestly, and yeah. Enjoy it, fantasy managers, while you still can being a niche fantasy player because it's not going to be this way forever. And these are kind of like very funny, quaint times. And it's fun. It's fun to be part of this weird little community before it's ultimately going to explode beyond those nine million managers. That's true. And I think I think we will see some some different versions of the game pop up, some some ones that actually take off. I I'm not quite sure why none of the other versions have have been able to take off. And I, I, you know, I don't know if it's because they're all sort of they tend to be just they're they're just not part with a big enough um, outfit. Right. You know, like ESPN did a real, you know, basic kind of pick them fantasy game yeah. a couple of years. Our friend Leo, who was, who was working there at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he works there anymore, but they, yeah, there's a, a basic uh, version of it. And it was like, you know, it was kind of fun, but it, it wasn't, you know, it just didn't have the like 
it was it was too basic, right? Yeah, you yeah like it was a like pick three intensity. players each game week, and yeah, yeah, it wasn't which strategy, was fun but, in principle. Yeah. But it, uh, the thing that FPL offers that we're all addicted to is this robust long term thirty eight yeah. game week. You know, we we are exhausted right now at the end of the season, but it was that long struggle throughout the entire yeah. season that we wanted the entire time. That's, that's what true. that's what makes FPL fun is it's just yeah. like this the longest fantasy game out there. Yeah, make Saturdays great again. You know, that's uh, <laughs> right. I right. worry about some of the, the shifts in schedule. I I want I hope they keep kind of the basic. This is like you see it in like all sports now. You know, like I I really hope the Premier League doesn't never goes to a full on La Liga style thing where mm-hmm. La Liga matches just happen all like all the. There's probably one happening right now. Like as we're recording, <laughs> it's just like they're just on whenever. You know, mm-hmm. it was like it was game week thirty eight and they spaced over four days. Like they're just like we don't we don't really care. You know, we're just gonna play the games whatever we want to. And uh, I want I want I want to keep this Saturday. Saturday fixture. Although I do like the early game on Sunday, like the, this last weekend when you had a, a 7 a.m. match, that was like a fun a 7 a.m. Yeah. our time, you know, 12 p.m. UK time. It was yeah. fun to have that um, little. I, I like waking up to the as an American fan. Yeah. It's very fun to wake up to the Premier League. So, well, to, I yeah, guess as a warning, next season is still is going to continue the weirdness because of the World Cup happening in the middle of the club season. <laughs> Probably going to have another compressed fixture schedule with matches happening <laughs> all the time. Uh, so eventually, yeah, and you know, like you know, <laughs> you know, starting in March 2020, we didn't know we were settling for like four years of, of, of fantasy chaos in addition to global chaos. <laughs> Hey listeners, Brandon here. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. During the last two years, my work schedule, my life schedule, my diet, basically everything has been thrown into chaos. I'm sure some of you can relate. A few weeks ago, Athletic Greens sent me this amazing starter pack and I've been using their product AG1 each morning and I love it. I started taking AG1 in the mornings because I don't really have a real breakfast routine and now I have a quick and easy habit that I'm building to start my mornings. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1 and it really does taste good. It has this sort of tropical flavor. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. And I started commuting to the office again, so I've actually been putting my AG1 scoop with about 12 ounces of water into this bottle that comes with their kit and it's easy to grab, shake, and run out the front door, and I'm on my way to have a great day. A subscription to AG1 costs less than $3 a day, way cheaper than my cold brew habit. And for every purchase, this is great. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com cheating. This is a deal special for always cheating listeners. Again, that site is athleticgreens.com slash cheating to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional endurance. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Do we need to check in on where our individual seasons landed or just do we want to just jump straight to the our our leagues, our podcast leagues? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll just say and I want to talk about um some things I want to do that, you know, like uh, actual strategy things I want to do differently next year. Let's do that in a second. But um I finished um 34k overall. So, you know, really a really good finish. Um I'll, you know, not um uh, not w- kind of where I wanted to end up just, uh, because I, I, I did have some sort of ambitious goals for the season, but ultimately like it's, it's fine. It's good. And, um, so yeah, I, I'll, I feel, I feel, you know, it's, it's, it's good. And I think the the issue that I had was just that I couldn't move out. I was between 20 and 40 K like basically since December, you know, and it was just like, I, I and to, to a degree, it was great that I didn't fall, but it was also just like, I couldn't, ever like I, I don't think i ever got back into like the top 20k you know and it was just that like fr- like that frustration of just like what combination of things do i have to do you know like how crazy do i have to go here while still being somewhat rank protecty, right i mean there were still you know 20 weeks ago i'm still you know hoping i'm gonna win the league or you know win my mini league and so you, know, you can't just go totally nuts like that that early in the season uh and then it's like when do you start to go a little more nuts like when can you really when do you really go for it? And I think I maybe started to go a little, a little like, I just think I was a little tilted, honestly, all season. I do. I, I, I basically got like fantasy sports tilt. And then I think it affected the way that I processed data each week. You know, it was just, I was just, I was just a little tilted. And uh, so I'm hoping that the tilt 
the tilt reset. So how about how about you? Mm, finished uh, three eighty six thousand overall in the world, which is my worst rank since two thousand eleven when uh, yeah, I started year. playing fantasy. Yeah. So um, just just bad. It was an interesting season in the exercise of letting go. And, you know, I don't say that proudly. I mean, it was good in terms of flexing that make fantasy fun again muscle. Like, okay, in order for me to endure certain aspects of this fantasy season, I have to let go a little bit because Mm -hmm. it's not it's not going right. And the way I'm going to, to enjoy this particular season is give a little bit more of my brain over to the football as opposed right. to the fantasy. And I'm happy with how I was able to do that. I was yeah. able to successfully let go and not be too heartbroken over bad fantasy decisions and bad yeah. game week ranks. So that was good, but I, I I'm going to look back at my at my game uh, at my OR rank history and see this season as as a pretty painful one and and, yeah. and I want to change that. Like I definitely I do not want to be a non-competitive fantasy manager. That's not an ambition that I harbor. I think you know yeah. the you the sad like truth. Said, you've never, but you. I mean, you had a top hundred k streak for like a decade. You know, it was, it was right. just like it's you know. So right. yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. You know, I remember I had a season um, in twenty fourteen. I was like, looking up as you were talking. Actually, it was. You know, I just every the season went off the rails early, and I could never reset it. And I finished mm-hmm. five hundred seventy four thousand. You know, and it was mm-hmm. just like. It's like, I hear you. Like every time I look now and I see that one, because it's such an outlier, you know, for everything else, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, like, can I just like write to them and have it like stricken from the record? Like uh-huh. pretend I didn't yeah. play that season. Yeah. But you know, it, it once it's done, it's done. Right. Like, it, is it doesn't done. really matter. Yeah. There, there is a, a theory out there too, that as the fantasy game is growing and I was talking about the 9 million current managers that could now you know explode to to a billion maybe yeah uh in a good season and breaking into the top 100k is going to become closer to impossible for a lot of managers so context is particularly when you're looking back at your previous seasons finishing ranks you think about like how many managers you were competing against and now i'm competing against more and more so you have to put that context into it but i on the other hand I don't know how much I buy into that. Like us seasoned, smart managers, we should still be able to punch into that top 100K. I think even as the game continues to grow, I think that's going to continue to be the goal. And I think it's going to continue to be a relatively realistic one. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you know, I think most of the content creators this season – you know, not, maybe not most, but ma- many, many, many of them had really good seasons, you know, top 10 K, a lot of, a lot of people create fans kind of, kind of over the top 10 K and yeah, like they create fantasy content. They talk about fantasy, but like, you know, like for, for very, very few of them, is it like any kind of full-time job, right? They just enjoy yeah. it. It's just a hobby that they really enjoy. And maybe they have like a little bit of, um, kind of whatever, whatever quality makes you want to go out there and start talking to people about it, you know, um, a little bit of that ego. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, you know, but like, so they have a little bit of that, but in general, they're just people who like playing, you know, and I, and most of them, I I don't think even are especially data inclined, you know? And so, and you know, nor am I right. And I've had two top five K finishes in the last four years. So like, it's definitely like something you can do without knowing how to like, you know, um, so I, I, yeah, I'm kind of with, I guess I just think like, it's fine to like keep top 10 K as your goal and just acknowledge that it's going to be a lot harder. Like to me, it's like this idea that like, I'm suddenly going to treat top 
50k or top 100k like it's top 10k like i just can't do that you know and so to me it's just like yeah it's still my goal is still top 10k and i just know it's gonna be a lot harder <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and so maybe maybe there is a part of you that, that you just have to like you know be a little easier on yourself then right and like sure. i mean you know but but i i do think that um i i yeah i'm kind of with you it's hard to like just totally reset but i think if you're just coming into it from coming coming into it fresh um or you know you weren't like such a massive hobbyist like like we are you know <laughs> like then yeah i think top 100k is probably um the goal you should set for yourself it's certainly one you and i said before we started creating this podcast you know it's just mm-hmm. like all right let's see if i can finish the top 100k you know yeah. so all right so that's where we are let's talk about some people who really had stunning finishes to the season uh i'll take the super league josh and then you can you can take our our other pod leagues and and the winners there so the top 10 league and congrats to like the super league had a great showing this season we we were on the fantasy homepage a number of times and they take like the average score of what is like the top you know uh 100 teams yeah i'm I'm not sure but top five managers or yeah whatever it is yep so we had a very strong showing so uh starting in number 10 uh little chancer in 10th place bruno salter golden boot uh, in ninth and eighth place the brothers grimsby chris turner i'll give their actual name so jaron jaron ong in 10th rich stevens in ninth chris turner in eighth kim tony Henriksen in seventh place darren dempsey perhaps related to the new Hall Ooh. of Fame inductee, Clint Dempsey, Josh. We don't know. Hmm. Uh, but Darren Dempsey finishing in sixth. Daniel Clark. I'm seeing a lot of green arrows, too, in the in the Super League. So a lot of people rising in yeah, 38. There, uh, Daniel Clark in fifth. Daniel Mason Abraham, who's been a mainstay in the top ten this season, finishes in fourth. Sandra Hogg in third place. Dave Addy in second. And finishing fifth overall in the world and first in the Super League, congrats to Damian Rugrock. Uh, congratulations, Damian. Great, great season for you. Yeah, uh, congrats, to Damian. And every, everyone in the top uh, 10. Uh, that is, uh, I don't think you and I have ever even gotten close no to the, uh, yeah. the, top, the top 10. <laughs> um, and the... Uh, the always cheating Super League. I want to do a quick shout out of the top five in there as well. This is the league for our Patreon supporters. We run every season. Uh, do we even, do we give out a prize? We, we, I think we do give out something. So yeah, well, <laughs> it's uh, t-shirts, mugs. Uh, we'll sort it out. People yeah. will be recognized for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, in fifth is Jack Flash. Fourth, Dave Faulkner Bendixson. Is third is Hendrick Matson. Uh, second is Donald Hannigan. Uh, well, you'll hear that name again in a second, Brandon. And first is <laughs> Pat Riley, the man himself. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Laker, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I've enjoyed following Pat Riley's uh, second half of the season because I felt like he's the sort of manager who just kind of embraced the chaos he was taking minus he took a minus 16 in game week 37 and he got it was like he took the risks he got the rub of the green just one of those magical finishes to the season for him he ended up taking a minus four in game week 38 even and finishes with an or of 230 so that's that's a huge finish for pat yeah and uh that's yeah that, yeah he just he was, a, he was a fun a fun hang on uh on, for sure on, uh, on our slack um so uh last cheater standing congratulations to donald hannigan that's another patreon i don't mean to turn this into a big patreon plug but this is one of the fun things about being in our patreon league is that we, we there's a bunch of 
leagues that we don't even start that are just like that just like pop up and the one the, the fun one is this one the one that i think is the most fun just because it's yeah. run and managed so well as last year standing so uh you know everyone who wants to play puts their name kind of in the hat at the start of the season and depending on how many people are in that uh pot uh that we eliminate two teams each week i think later on it turns into three uh until there is just one cheater standing and basically it's the lowest score that gets yeah. dropped out every time or right each game week yep 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 and then the uh, the winner of our forever young second half league is a long time front of the podcast richard nyquist nice so final richie's gonna get that 250 dollar uh cash prize and whatever you want richie from the always cheating shop once again, thanks to everyone who participated in any of our mini leagues. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a quick shout out to the to the Patreon. Uh, this next month, it's going to be free for all Patreon supporters. It's a free month. Uh, we're, we're turning off the off the pledges for that month. So uh, if you want to, you know, join in the Patreon or maybe you want some cash in your one of your mini leagues and you want to, um, you know, uh, sort of pop into the always cheating world, the Slack is going to stay open the entire month, even though it's free. So uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. That's where you can go to find out more and support the podcast. So right on, let's take a quick break. and We're going to look ahead to next season. So Brandon, at the beginning of the season, you and I uh, set a couple of goals for ourselves. And my goal was to uh, be more positive sort of week in and week out. Your goal was to, not dismiss like 98% of all the players in the league is complete <laughs> garbage. Um, and uh, you and I were both uh, gigantic failures in this regard. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, my negativity was uh, fully, fully intact. I mean, my personal, like the self-directed, you know, uh, just like mm-hmm. watching these matches and just kicking myself for every bad decision that I made. Um, and, uh, and I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, you talked a little bit about why you just had a hard time changing your strategy because of the chaos of the season. But, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about next year, Right. And, you know, what we want to change, we, we, you know, for the podcast, you know, we really want to stay true to who we are and maybe get back to that actually yeah. a little bit too. It just, I, we just wanted to be more fun, you know, like uh, we've been trying the last few weeks to just get back to being fun, like a fun morning listen for people. And, you know, I think that I want to keep, you know, like, like next year, like we already know what's going to happen, right? We know the, Olymp- the, the world cup is going to, it's going to, you know, come. And like, I think that, because we know it, I think it'll be easier to manage, right? It's the, the, I think the COVID stuff was frustrating because it felt so chaotic. It was affecting players and teams differently. You know, you were still taking a four, you know, just like there's just a lot of chaos. And this time it's like, all right, we have this, you know, we've got this half a season coming and then it's going to get broken up, you know, for six mm-hmm. weeks or so. And then it's back in December. I think, I think Boxing Day is when it was when it resumes, right? It's, I think that's what the schedule is going to look like ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, there you go. You know, so mentally you can kind of put that in and maybe it'll be fun. Like maybe it'll be fun to, to just like have six weeks away from the Premier League and, you know, the World Cup's going to be on. The World Cup, I don't care World what- World Cup's month, awesome, dude. I don't care what month of the year it is, right? We're drawn with the Ukraine, Iran, and, or no, it's, I think it's, it's well, it's England- Iran and then either the Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales. Mm-hmm. Like those games are all going to be great. Like I, I'm incredibly excited about all of them. I, you know, I, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't even want to say who I hope the third, the third, the fourth team is because um, I feel like I'll be speaking uh, a loss into, I'll be, I'll be voicing a future <laughs> loss. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, so that's going to be a blast. So I think that will be fun. Um, but I think as far as, you know, my FPL management style goes, I just think I, you know, I sort of just, I was actually thinking about this earlier today and how I have been like just posting a lot less on Twitter, um, the last few weeks and sort of, I just had to do a kind of like a reset myself. And I think that 
for me, it's, I, I don't actually think that I have like a, like a toxic relationship with, with, with FPL Twitter or, you know, or any of these like sort of social media sites out there. But what I, what I do think, I, I don't think I'm taking the best out of them. You know, it's like, I, there's like a kind of like the kind of, like, I, I feel like I'm not, maybe I'm just, we're, we're just following too many people in our accounts or I just got to keep better lists or something like that, you know, like the, the managed list in Twitter. But I just feel like I'm not, um, the, the stuff I'm getting out of it is not helping me enough and it's not entertaining me enough, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I have to like, I just think maybe I need to curate a little more, you know, like, it's like, it's, we have to like drop down to, to following zero people and like slowly build it up again, you know, at like, and I don't mean to blame people. It's just that I feel like I'm just like getting like, like just like drowning in voices, you know, like just too many people talking. Do you, do you find that they ever help? I mean, I, I don't want to just to, like totally dismiss the discussion that happens on these platforms. Cause often it is fulfilling. Yeah. But can you think of any situations in which taking advice from social media for your fantasy team helped you? It feels like I only remember the times when it doesn't work. You know, there must be times when I've posted a team or a strategy and I think what, what I don't, I think early in the week is when I find it more helpful, you know, on Monday or Tuesday, if I'm talking about a potential transfer and somebody says, "Eh, like, you know, what about this? Or I'm not sure about that. Maybe you should wait. Um, I, that stuff can be helpful. I think when I, when it's Friday, you know, and I'm like, here's how I'm looking for, you know, for this upcoming game week, or here's the transfer I'm about to make. And then somebody is like, ugh. Or like, really? <laughs> Reese James, you know, and like that, that's the kind of stuff that gets in my head a little bit, you know, even if I, it's like, if I don't like, if I do make, if it does change my opinion or if it doesn't, either way, it's sort of now it's like planted like a seed of doubt in my head. Yeah. And so I think, I think, you know, maybe I, I need to scale it back as we get close to the end of the week. Maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. When I was a senior in high school, our our coach for the soccer team, and this is like a thing I think most teams do. You've got to have like a, a theme for the season, much like always cheating was make fantasy fun again this season. He made up some T-shirts and on the back it said, it's all about attitude. And maybe that could be the theme for always cheating next season is it's less you've got to have fun or mm-hmm. it's less you've got to succeed. It's just no matter what your style is, it's all about attitude. And, uh, um, I think hmm. that might be a way to sort of cult, whether, whether you're talking about cultivating voices that you follow, uh, on social media or cultivating your own strategy, like figure out what kind of attitude, yeah. uh, you want or yeah. sort of find the attitude of the season and embrace it and, and, yeah. and follow the muse there. There, cause there, you're right. I think that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. Cause there, there's something about being just like, what do you think guys? You know, <laughs> it's just like, not, it's like, you're, you're inviting people to be like, your team stinks, man. You know, it's like, you, you just gotta be like, this is, this is how it is. Like this is, you know, this is how I'm going to, this is my strategy. Like take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what about you? I mean, what do you, what do you want to, I mean, I feel like mine is more social because I feel like, like well, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm with you for, yeah. for me. My what what I want to fix next season is again going back to the passive versus active FPL manager. I feel like that's still a work in progress for me. And part of that, uh, a big part of that is when you become a reactive manager, you're reacting to what you see around you, what you see other fantasy managers do. And I think I just need to embrace what what I find fulfilling about fantasy is doing my own thing. Yeah. 
Um, and not, and that's not necessarily like being maverick, uh, but it's, it is, uh, just not effective ownership. That discussion we were having and, and Fabio Borges there, that I think really corrupts, uh, my, my fantasy team. And what it, what I end up doing is, is you feel like, like you like consider a series of moves and then there's kind of one move that's like the sort of dominant move like you know that's like that's like that's what everyone's moving that way like that that player is going to be the most transferred in or whatever and that so you sort of default to that because you kind of know that's what you know i, I feel like that's an example of, it's not necessarily even an effective ownership yeah. but just an example of like i kind of yeah. know where everyone's going right yeah now. i'll do so i feel like i'll think of two two modes of thinking there is the all right i'm just gonna go with what the dominant thinking is because this all seems logical and it makes sense yeah, yeah. or i will find myself feeling like I can wish or believe another reality into existence. Um, it's not like a Mar- Martin Odegaard thing, but it is more a uh, Kane over son sort mm-hmm. of a, a thing. Yeah. Uh, just, so I guess just like want it, to be true so badly that you commit yourself. That's right. Exactly. So where, yeah. where is that happy middle ground where you're accepting of reality, but you're also respectful of your own play style yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's possible, but, uh, I think that's the dream. And when I think about the problems I've had, it usually comes down to either, uh, I'm wish I, I, I'm trying to make something happen. That's never going to happen. Or I'm just like being sucked, yeah. uh, out into the sea by the tide of yeah. the rest of fantasy. I wonder if there's like a way to like lean into whatever you're like, player i feel like for you especially like your taste in players can be a big factor for you you know it's like there's just like a there's a style of like kind of playmaker like a kdb uh james ward prowse um odegaard where you just really like those kind of players i think you like having them in fantasy i mean i think you think there's returns coming it's not like you just like to watch them play and it's like so maybe like the strategy now is like, this is how I, I just know I'm going to default to these guys a lot. And so it's like, you need to have yeah. like really detailed rankings of like all of the players who kind of play like a particular style that you think is like conducive to fantasy points or whatever. Right. And just like, yeah. all right, here's like, here's when they've got good fixtures 10 weeks from now, that's when I'm going to target them. Here's, yeah, you know, and it's, I don't know, that could be like an interesting way to play. Maybe. I, I think if you identify that as an issue I have, I wouldn't argue with you. But it's then then it's like what I end up with is a fantasy team that's like a Rude Goldberg device where I think, <laughs> oh, like there's no way I can't get some points for this for this team. Like Odegaard right. is a is a playmaker. Right. He, he creates a lot of chances. Therefore, there are so many routes to points. Like right. I'm fond of saying, well, this guy's a good pick because he's on corners. And that's like fantasy catnip (laughs) quote unquote but but yeah so then as i'm saying like i end up with this mousetrap of a team where i think like i'm guaranteed to catch points ignoring the fact that there are players where there's like fpl rewards i think the direct route to points this guy's in form and he's scoring goals don't overthink it yeah so i i think there's a good reset to happen there where you you stop becoming enamored of players who uh are those all around great players who have multiple routes to points and just just going for the players who are more direct yeah and uh and and they're gonna uh, have fantasy points come by much easier
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I think that I, uh, the, I, I'm sort of moving on to a new, um, like, just like, like, like other strategies that I think will be more effective. I think that, I think I want to pay more attention to the transfer windows this year, the, the August one and the, and the December and the, and the January one. And, and really, uh, probably gonna be a weird January one, I would think with the world cup, but, uh, and just, you know, they're just players like Bruno Gamarish, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm probably mispronouncing his last name, but just like who were kind of there, like they were like, you know, I mean, I mean, even, even Kulisevsky, right. Like Kulisevsky, God, these are some hard names to pronounce, Brandon, uh, even Kulisevsky, uh, the, the wonderful Swedish player, uh, I don't know. I think he was you from Northern said. Macedonia. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were the one who got that wrong last week. I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <It> was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, there were players that were, that were, I mean, like, uh, you know, being good at fantasy is often about being first to market, you know, so like to borrow a business term, right? It's like, you know, like the ones who are just like the first to get Kulishevsky, right? When he comes mm-hmm. in, the first to, 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 you know, to, I mean, Luis Diaz, I mean, you know, it's, it took him a little while, you know, it was a kind of tricky situation because you had Jota there, but he ultimately ended up having some really impressive fantasy returns, you know, in the, the second half of the season. And it's just like, you know, it's not that you need to like be following the transfer rumor mill because that's that's chaotic and fake mostly. But you know, just following, you know, okay, like Newcastle just brought this guy in. Is he going to start? You know, what kind of record does he have? Is he going to play the same kind of position that he played? Right. Sometimes these guys are, you know, um, they're just not getting minutes in their club because they have a great creative playmaker there already. But it, mm-hmm. once he gets this job, he's going to come in and and be really good. And I think. There's just like a level of like research, you know, that yeah. that is I think enjoyable too. Like I remember, like you know, you know, Dan Mercy and Bacani was a player who became this sort of patron of the pod. It was just because you know, it was for whatever reason that season. I was just like every single guy who joined the Premier League. I was I was reading about, you know, and so it's like you, it makes you better at fantasy. Uh, and I think we can actually do this in the podcast more too next year, but it's also like you said, people and everybody has to do this, right? But it's just like it makes you better at fantasy. But it also just makes the season more fun. Right. Like I don't, you know, I, I just, you know, these, these new players, it's like, you know, you, this fresh blood. It's like, all right, there's like, you know, 30, 40 new people who will join and at least have some fantasy relevance next fall. And to just sort of have a sense of mm-hmm. who they are and what kind of style they play like that, that I think would make the game more fun too. So first to market is a good thing. Is the takeaway from Sala this season is it's more important than ever to be uh, the first to offload a player uh, like yeah. that, like, is there, yeah, there's obviously value in picking up a, a good pick before anybody else does, whether, even if it's just one game week, 
But yeah. Sala proved this season, uh, like you, you've got to kill your darlings sometime, yeah. and that's really hard to do, uh, uh, particularly if you've been playing FPL for a long time. Yeah, the 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 common theme is always to preach patience, and yeah, uh, and Ed Sala had his underlying stats. Uh, to go along with this long rap sheet of just being a great yeah. fantasy asset, which yeah. made it so hard to drop him, even though when you were watching a lot of his performances, you kind of you kind of knew this this probably is a guy who's off the fantasy boil a bit. We I, we even knew it, right? Because we talked about it. We were like, yeah, this guy's played so many minutes. You know, yeah. it's like he played every match in December and then he goes to the African Cup of Nations, plays all of these matches that go into extra minutes, right? Every elimination match, I think, played, played 30 more, right? And and then he takes like, you know, 12 hours off and suddenly he's playing like a couple of days later for, for Liverpool. And so it was like, but we, it was like, we couldn't, we couldn't quite pull the trigger, even though we said that, you know, on the podcast. And like you said, I mean, his track record made it, um, made it more difficult, uh, obviously just because, mm-hmm. uh, we know, um, we know how good he is, but yeah, I, th- I think in general, I don't, th- I think you and I, neither of us had, um, a, a ton of ruthlessness this season, yeah, you know? Right. Yep. And, um, and I think that that's really, um, just being, yeah, just, you know, because there's this feeling that's like you can't bring them back. Again, but I think this is, again, where the, the effective ownership thing is, is like, it can be a hindrance, right? Because it's like, you know all this stuff, but then you're like, well, if he goes off, then, you know, he's a he's going to have 130% EO this weekend and I'm going to be screwed. You know, it's just, I, I'm not sure that it's like a great way to think, you no. know, I'm not sure it's hugely helpful. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's not, it's, it's, it's fear-based. And I think yeah. that's, you know, uh, something we don't talk well, you can talk about fear-based management. I don't know how you quantify that. Well, I don't even it, know if yeah. you need to, but uh, that's a problem. It's a big problem that a lot of it, it is the same thing. Of that is what effective ownership is. It's fear-based right. FPL management. I, I think so too. I mean, I could see you know, okay, if it's if you were number one in the world or whatever, it'd be useful to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but sure. I think in general, it's not hugely, it's not going to help you win your mini leagues really. Um, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe it can a little bit cause it gives you a general sense of, you know, uh, who the popular players are. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, part of the problem is that it's like, you get in your head that you are like, it's like, it's like, I'm going to take Salah out. And like, my goal is to put like literally just like, I'm just going to field 10 players. It's like, it's like, it's like you forget that like whoever you're going to drop like a 13 million player for is going to turn, like it's going to be somebody who's really good or maybe it's three really good players, right? Because mm-hmm. he, you know, he's so expensive that dropping him actually can make your entire team better. Right. And it's sort of, a bit, you know, it, it, that's what you, you sort of get swamped in the idea of, of ownership. And it's like, right. But like, you know, you do get to have other, like the money can be spent elsewhere. You don't just keep it in your bank, you know? And so I think that, um, I think, yeah, it sounds like you and I are both kind of leaning towards, um, uh, going back to the FPL dark ages a little bit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, part of that for me is getting rid of every premium goalkeeper I'm ever tempted to bring into my fantasy team. Okay. This is another season that just like drove, drove a stake into the heart of the premium goal goalkeeper. I had this, I had this moment when all the matches kicked off at game week 38. I was like, Oh, you know, what's fun. I have Ederson in goal. I forgot about that. Um, and, you know, yeah. I just didn't get any value at all from having Ederson for the last month. And uh, just a good a good reminder to everybody out there, uh, don't pay $6 million for a goalkeeper. 
Now it's uh, I mean, who would have thought like they would concede that? I mean, I, I guess Diaz is just he's it's like Van Dyke, right? It's like uh, you're like oh, like Wolves don't have a lot to play for, and then kind of immediately it's like, well, you know, without Van Dyke, <laughs> this team just is not yeah. is not as strong defensively. God, they got they got caught a couple times. I mean, honestly, with better finishing, Wolves could have had three goals today. Like it was it was kind of. I mean, I, I know the yeah playing Fernandinho. Yeah with when you've got Nathan Ake on the bench. No, Nathan Ake is not a world beater, but he's got to be better than Fernandinho as a yeah. any right foot, left foot, I don't care. Like just play a bloody center back back there instead of a yeah. slow old guy. Yeah, Pep I mean Pep loves Fernandinho. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, to Pep's credit, all all the subs he made were brilliant. So, yeah. you know, like he, yeah. It's a uh, it was, you know, I mean I he he I I don't think I've ever seen him that emotional after a game. That was pretty uh was pretty, He went full Hasenhutl. He did. Yeah, he did. So, so Brennan, you know, I think there's a lot to look forward to. I'm, you know, I think our plan right now is to, I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to be off for six months. Like it's, you know, it's a, right. uh, I think the plan right now is to certainly take the rest of the month off, take the month of June off. Uh, the game launched, you, you, you had said to me um, a couple days ago when we were talking that uh, it turned out we had actually done more pods this year than we had done in any other season. Yeah. And, and, you know, for you and me, that's, that's, we do them twice, right? Cause we do our Patreon one on Thursday as well. And so, you know, we've done like 135 pods this year, you know, and I, it's just, it's just a, it's a lot of talking about, it's just a lot of fantasy talk, honestly. It's just, you know, so I think that for us, it's, we're going to take a reset, even if the game launches, you know, the second week of June uh, or whatever, it launched kind of early last season. Even if the game launches early, I think that you and I are not going to go crazy this year. And, um, you know, I think, I think, so I think the plan will be back in some, you know, sometime in July, the game launches on the third of July. We'll probably be back that night, you know, but like, I think mm-hmm. in general, the, the goal is to, um, is to take, you know, about six weeks off and then, and then come back refreshed. Yeah. i uh, curious to see, if if any changes do happen, you know people are people are talking. I don't know if anybody talking about changes to the fantasy site knows anything. What I thought was interesting about the launch of the fantasy game last season was they launched it so early, uh, without any fanfare of any kind. And I don't know. It's like me putting my marketing hat on. It's like, could you maybe yeah. just like put a little bit of like Build sparkle on this bit. launch? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and and I, I can see the logic of the sooner you've got the site up, the more you can accumulate managers signing up over the course of yeah of July. But uh, I, yeah, I just I would love to see the game launch to to a little bit more fanfare yeah. this year because I think uh, it was a it was a long season for a lot of people and we're going to want to have like a real fresh, exciting restart uh, for, for the new game. Yeah. And so, I mean, hopefully that's, it used to be, it was used to be like the first week of July was when we typically see it. And yeah, like you said, last year was, was early the year before that doesn't really count because they had games. The the season didn't end until first week Mm -hmm. of August or whatever it was. Mm So, yeah. So I, I, I hope that you're right. And I hope we see some new features, you know, um, I would love to see, I mean, some of the data stuff that we talked about, I would love to see, um, uh, I would love to, uh, honestly, I, I, you know, if they overhauled the point system, I think that would be great. I mean, one thing that, that would prevent the, everybody has the same team system, I think is if you just had, you know, I mean, I think it, would, it could really change just the way points look. I mean, the Bundesliga, you know, that you can own so many different players in that game and, you know, but you can with points the entire match. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun. You have like, you know, um, you know, they complete whatever, you know, it's like a key pass and they get two mm-hmm. extra points. Right. And so it's kind of fun though. Right. Cause you're, 
two hours into the match, you already have 39 points, you know, just from like yeah. good yeah. things how happening you, on the pitch. Right. How do you create more intelligent fan uh, football spectators or to right. give them more of right. these, these points uh, that they're, they're looking out for. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would be helpful to have like grow uh, partic- particularly like in, in areas of, well, I mean, whatever football, everybody knows the rules of football, but um, I think that would be a good path forward for sure. Just, just reskin the site, um, make it faster, yeah. little, little cosmetic things like this too. scrap the chips, et cetera. That would uh, be great. Those, those would be cool, <laughs> cool things. Yeah. I think having like a more structured, like, I'm not sure you actually, this is like a small thing, but don't tell me the scan. I'm not really sure you need to be moving players around in a little, like football pitch, like a fake football pitch. Like I think you could probably just put those all as like boxes and just move things around. That, that's, that's a more common way to do it in other fantasy sports where you just, you just reorder your stuff. And I think that might, that might uh, help some of the managers who like, you know, with formations. And Interesting. Like well. You're yeah. anti pitch view. I've never heard that before. Well, I was just thinking about it recently and I was like, it actually is kind of nice when I just have like a list of players and I'm just uh-huh. moving their names up and down where I want them to you know, be. Uh, I guess it's a little different because I guess you can do different formations in, in fantasy, whereas the other ones, it's a little more, you're, you're basically like plugging up a spot, you know, yeah. three wide receivers. I got to put three there. You, you know? remember this? It was a, like a PC, a popular PC game in the late eighties, uh, battle chess and it was a chessboard, but all the yeah. pieces were these animated creatures. Mm-hmm. And when you went to take a piece, the pieces would have like a prescripted animation of a battle where one would kill the other. Yeah. I think instead of pitch view, you could have your FPL players like do a battle chess sort of I like that. Uh, like animation yeah. and then one would eat the Sounds other kind of cool stuff yeah. like that. You yeah. Know, I'm just, I'm throwing out these ideas for free. Feel free to like <laughs> use them or not. <laughs> it's fine. Up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, Brandon's got ideas, you know, people know where to find us. Uh, thanks. Thanks to everyone um, for, for listening to the podcast all season. And we'll be back um, before you know it. And um, yeah, Brandon, do you want to just do one final sign off and thank you to our producer patrons, including a brand new producer patron that we picked up uh, this week. Absolutely. Our Patreon supporters have been awesome all season and made this season a ton of fun, especially our producers who come through like in a big way. So thank you to producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., to Big Gafford, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal. Sorry about those Celtics, big boy. Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbrick, Skow Gang, Skow Gang. <laughs> let's go, let's go, gang. <laughs> Andy Portlock, Toothless Given, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kirsch, Sam Shower, Rich Evans. Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shub Morjoria, Ram Frosk, AJ, Jeremy Spiker, Lazarus Hinoas, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerly, Alper Poxoy, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Valger Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, managed by Lasso, James Keatley, Keegan Walsh, The Saint, FPL Pessimist, Bob Fox, and as you mentioned, Josh, our newest Patreon producer, welcome, Jefferson Turner. Uh, and listen, if Patreon's not your bag, but you do want to thank me and Josh for this season, uh, an easy thing you can do for free is just rate us, give us a five-star review on iTunes, wherever you download the podcast. 
and keep up with us throughout the summer. Follow us on social media. We're most active on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. Shoot us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And all this information and more is available at alwayscheating.com. Quick plug for the the uh, Always Cheating digital store, Josh. If you need like a, a prize for oh, a yeah. mini league leader, right. mini yeah. league winner, maybe an Always yeah. Cheating t-shirt or a mug would be suitable. Yeah. Find us there. We'll hook you up. It's true. We should have been plugging this for like the last month. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll do, we'll do it at the very end of our final podcast of the season. Um, but thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.